All right. Um, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to What's the Lesson podcast. I'm your host, comedian Vaughn Michael. Um, I'm excited about today's episode. Um, I, I, I got a special guest here um, by the name of Kyoko. Um, we're going to be talking about sex addiction. Um, it's something that he's battled with, he's overcame. And uh, we're going to like get down to what is it and, you know, see uh, what we can learn from that. So uh, what's going on, bro? How you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm um, hanging in there, man. Trying to stay alive. COVID free. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> uh, so um, first of all, can you tell everybody about yourself? Um, my name is Kyoko. I live in Illinois. Uh, I'm 25 years old. I'm a music artist and I've just been struggling well healing myself but then struggling with this addiction all all of my life basically okay and when you say that addiction we're talking about sex addiction yes okay all right can can you tell us what is sex addiction it's like the same feeling that a person if, okay, I would say it's like the same thing as a drug addiction, but with sex, but for somebody that's never had a drug addiction, it's like, um, or, or doesn't understand what the, how that feels like. It's like you try to focus on other things and you just can't. Your mind just always goes towards this, whether it's, you know, a physical thing with people or it's transferred into virtually through sexting or porn. And it like consumes you. Okay. And so how old were you when you first found out that you had a sex addiction? When I was 19. Yeah. When I was 18 or 19. And how did you find out? Just because I was just having sex like all the time and started using people. Oh, do you say you were having sex all the time then you started meeting some people? Using people. Using people, yeah, like for sex, like just saying whatever, doing whatever, just to have sex with them, so I could have that fix. Um. So I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that part of like that's pretty normal? Because I feel like you know, in today's society, especially um, people who want sex, it, especially like men, they might tell a woman anything just to have sex. Isn't that's still a that's considered sex addiction it can be normal it can be normalized but the way i the way i was told was it wasn't normal because there was a point where i wouldn't like i would like ruin friendships and relationships just trying to get a fix and then there there were times where i would watch porn like all day every day like while I'm eating breakfast, while I'm eating lunch, while I'm eating dinner, while I'm, you know, doing anything. <laughs> so at that point, like I was doing it, like doing that without even having anybody there. So at that point I was like, okay, I like, I wasn't even functioning. I wasn't like doing anything with my life. I had a job, but like I would work, watch porn at work. If I, cause at the time I didn't have a girlfriend. And it was just bad. <laughs> That's what I knew is like it's an issue. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um. So you say you 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 figured this out at nineteen. That's when you knew. But can you tell us about the beginning when it started? Like before you even knew you had this. 
Like, how did it start? Okay. Um, when I was 14, uh, there is this girl who was like really into me in, in middle school. And like, she did, she did a sexual favor to me in the back of a van. And then like, I discovered masturbation through that. So like when I got home and like after that, I went to the, com like to the computer at the library. And at the time, I'm pretty sure they don't have this now. I haven't been to the library in forever on the computer. But at the time they had like porn where you could watch on the library computer, like on daily motion or something. <laughs> and I was like, uh, like obsessed with that. And then like, I would go there every day and then it started from there. And then I, then I started like watching at home, like living with my mom, like buying porn off of these. Do you remember those old website, not those websites, those old channels where they had the porn on the channels? Like HBO? Yeah, like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they wouldn't show too much, but it was just like, as a little right. kid, as a little kid, it's like enough. And my mom kind of found out it, found out about it because she saw that the bill price was up for the <laughs> for the cable. <laughs> like, so why is the bill so high? I'm just like, I don't know. And she looked and said, why you've been buying this? And, and then I kind of went away from it for like a couple months because of that. And then I found out you could watch it like on Google, like not just what on the other side I was watching at the library. So once I got a laptop, it was over from there. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So going through that, uh, you figured that out. Um, now, so 19, is that when you hit your rock bottom? I'd say, yeah, 20 or 19. Okay, so tell me, all right, so you find you find the porn, you find out you get a laptop at this point. Um, can you tell me about how, you know, once you found that out, what was your schedule like um, after you got your laptop? So at the time at the, when I got the laptop, I was maybe 16. So at that time, it was no job. So I was, when my mom was at work, it was porn all day. And then when she got home from work, I cut it off. And that's just how it was every day until, and I was going to high school at the time too. So, well, not real. I was, I was kind of going to high school. That's a whole different thing, but I was kind of going. So <laughs> the days I wasn't going, I was watching that. And then I would watch it on my phone, like with the horrible connection I had on my phone back then too. Um, and that was pretty much my schedule. Just wake up you know, do your daily routine as a teenager, watch porn before you go to work, <laughs> take go to, I mean, go to watch porn before you go to school, go to school, watch it at school, come home, watch it before your mother gets home. And my mom got home at seven. So I had a little bit of time. That was pretty much the schedule for a few years. I'm sorry, the comedian in me is popping out now. So you say you had a horrible phone, so you had like terrible service. Yeah. You were trying to watch porn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it was buffering. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a slide up phone. <laughs> <laughs> got you. All right. So, you know, during this time, you know, you got your schedule down with it. You got your routine. 
were other people noticing you, like noticing what was going on? Were anybody saying anything at the time? No, no, I was hiding that very well. I was hiding it because that's something like to be ashamed of, I thought at that time. So I was hiding it. Okay, so you were ashamed of the masturbation? Yes. Were you ashamed of like using other people, as you would say? Mm, after a while, after a while, like I started feeling like like people I thought that was genuine friends, I felt like I was ashamed for them. Okay. Um, all right, so you got your schedule down, you're figuring that out. Um, that was about 16. So, you know, what happened at 19 that you hit rock bottom? My girlfriend broke up with me because I cheated on her with two girls, two separately, not at the same time, separately. Mm -hmm. And she broke up with me. And then, like, after that breakup, like, I was confiding in my friends. And then my friends was trying to, and my friends was trying to, like, comfort me and all that. And then I would, like, flip it into, yeah, let's have sex. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and she, and they were just like, what? No, no, we're not doing, what is wrong with you? And then, like, I would, like, try to, like, send, like, dick pictures and, like, nudes and all this type of thing. Like trying mm -hmm. to coerce them and like trying to like pity them into doing this, like, you want me to feel better, right? And all this type of thing. And then it's just like, okay, and then okay, at that point, then I didn't have any friends. Um, so it was just like, okay, I'm just sitting here alone, like just watching porn all day. Like I don't I, I didn't I lost my job. I was working at Wendy's, I lost my job. And so I was just watching porn all day, being very unproductive. That's when I'm and having no money. And my mom's like, I'm finna cut off the internet because you don't do anything. You're just on the computer all day. I don't know what you're doing on the computer. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I have an issue. Okay. And before we even go further, because what's getting me is like the story you're telling me and, and everything is, you know, in, in it's wild me because I know so many people that are like this that I didn't even know consider this an addiction. Um, so that's why I want to share this information with people because it's like, um, I, I think a lot of people look at it as normal. Um, just want to have sex with everybody or masturbation or porn. Um, I, I, I never looked at it as it could be just like an alcohol addiction, a food addiction or drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, your mom, she turned off the internet at this point, you know, what were your steps to, you know, trying to deal with this or um, learn how to actually cope with it? It was me just, so when she cut off the internet, it was me just like, I felt like I was going through a withdrawal as weird as it sounds. Like, I felt like I was like fiending for, I was like irritable. And like mad because like I'm not one of those people that could just I could just masturbate without porn. So I was just like fucking irritated. <laughs> just like I don't understand <laughs> anything going on. Right. And then at that, and then it was just like just being very quiet. So I didn't react to to, to things at the time. So and it it it, it led into eventually me telling my mom. 
and she wanted to give me help. So, and when she got you help, was that therapy? It was therapy, and then it was like rehab. Oh, so, okay. All right. So rehab. I didn't know there was a rehab. Okay. So what was rehab like? What was that process? Rehab was like, um, it was basically like you're in this facility with all these other addicts, all these other sex addicts. It's like they, they put you in the same facility with like drug addicts, heroin addicts and all that, but you're in a whole different area, you know. So, and then there's other people like AA meetings, like they, you sit in a circle or you just sit at different tables and you would talk about, like I would say, hey, I'm Kyoko and I'm a sex addict and like all that. And then, and it would go on from there from each person. And through each session, they would like have us dive deep into the root of why do we use sex in this way or why why do I use sex to cover for this or to I use sex to hide this about myself or something? They would try to reroute it into something positive and try to make me understand like what I'm going through is very unhealthy for my friendships, for my relationships, for myself. What about it makes it unhealthy? I guess, I guess they were saying like, because I was just using so many people to the point where nobody liked me. And then to the point where I was being unproductive. I'm So I'm not saying that like masturbation in general is unhealthy or anything like that. I'm just saying when it becomes to the point where you're not productive and you're, and it consumes your whole life and you don't think about anything else, you don't want to do anything else. And then it fuck, it like messes up like a lot of friendships or relationships. That's when it becomes an addiction. Gotcha. And I just want to take a step back. Before you know you even went to um, rehab, um, was there any fears at all about doing this? Any last any doubts about, you know, you know how some people are in denial about what's going on? Um, did you have any of those at all? I had a denial period when my ex was talking about it to me when she was like, You're a sex addict. You're like she would say she would say sex addict sometimes. She would say you're a dog, you're a hoe type of thing and it was just like it's because she was putting up with a lot of shit for me like a lot of like infidelity so so I could understand where she was coming from but it was it was denial in that period of time where I was just like very I didn't want to deal with it I didn't want to confront that demon yet gotcha okay um, so, you know, you're, you're in rehab, they're telling you, you know, how this can affect other people and stuff like that. For, um, how long was rehab? 30 days. 30 days. Okay. And during rehab, you had therapy there as well? Yes. Okay. So um, I, what I want to hit on is when you did the rehab, when you started doing therapy, um, so did they uncover like there was trauma maybe that you were trying to um cope with is that what was leading to it it was uh yeah basically trauma so it was me using sex so as a kid my mother was busy a lot and then I didn't have a girlfriend until like I was 16 17 so at that period of time it was just like I was feeling very unloved and they they felt or they saw that 
my, in my case, I was using sex and a search for love and trying to find love through sex to the point where when I would have sex, I would feel that love and it would go away. And then I would try to get that love back by having sex or masturbating again. Gotcha. Okay. So, so part of that was learning how to cope with that in order was to deal with that. So how can you tell, tell us about how you dealt with that? Cutting out porn completely for at least three months. They said, don't watch it. Don't do anything like that. Don't masturbate for three months. And that was so hard to not <laughs> do that. But <laughs> how about Oh, go ahead. How did you get the feeling of love, though, without the masturbation? If you were using that, so what was your way of dealing with that trauma? Just uh, telling, like, uh, doing affirmations. Like, a lot of, I became spiritual in this time. So I became into energy and manifestations and affirmations just by, you know, telling myself I love me and like looking myself in the mirror and telling myself I look good today or something like that. Like as cheesy as that sounds, that like really worked for me to build my confidence and into myself. So the self-love came first before, you know, trying to look for somebody else for validation for love. Oh no, definitely bro. First of all, I want to say, I don't think that's cheesy at all. Um, I don't know if you looked at my page, but I post affirmations like, five days a week um, because I do believe like a lot of addiction comes to comes down to um, self-esteem. You got to build up your self-esteem some and start to affirm yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I well, hear that. It's just like, wow. Um, it's amazing that, um, that, that it sounds so simple, but it actually works. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when you started the affirmations that they work right away, did it take time? It took it took at least two weeks because at first I felt silly because I didn't because it's like, what do you mean? Tell myself I love me and all this type of thing, because <laughs> I did at the, I was, at the time I didn't believe in anything. So for them to. So so when I got when I first like left rehab, it was the thing of they were trying to they were just telling me, don't watch porn, don't do this, don't do that. And then I met somebody who was just like, you know very spiritual and they were just like tell yourself you love you write down affirmations when you wake up and do this and put sticky notes around the house like to remind yourself of good things about yourself and that really helped uh in the long run do you still do affirmations today yes okay can you tell us some of the affirmations that you say if if it's not too embarrassing um, I have a sticky note by my mirror that says, you look good today. I have one on my ceiling when I wake up over my bed that says, you're going to have a great day. Um, sometimes I write down like in a piece of paper on my journal when I wake up and when I go to sleep, it's it. So when I go to sleep, it's something different than when I wake up. So when I go to sleep, it's like, you were very productive today or you accomplished a lot today. You were nice. You were nice to this person today, and in the morning, it's just it's usually something like be kind, show love, lead with lead with love. You are strength. You are love, and stuff like that. 
Wow. As soon as you said that, bro, I felt good myself. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 All right. So do the affirmation. And this person that told you about the affirmation, they were just a friend? Uh, I didn't really know them that much. I met them over social media. Okay. Power of social media. Wow. Um, so how old are you now? 25. 25. You hit the rock bottom at 19. Um, has there been any relapses at all? Yes, occasionally there has been. Can you talk about that? Well, there was a time a couple of years ago, like right before I really hit my spiritual stride, but there was a time where I fell back a little bit to where a week straight, I was out of work. Like I just lost my job, got fired. And like, I was depressed and I used my depression by, I tried healing my depression through porn again. So that became a thing where it was a week straight of doing that. And at the time I was living with a girlfriend and she was working. And so I I was home all day and she was working. And so it was just me watching all day bored. And then she come home, I cut it off. And like, I kind of got out of that by just like looking for another job and like getting back into my affirmations again, cause I fell off of it for a while before then. Okay. Um, okay, so you found that. And you know, you say you're in a relationship. Um, is that correct, you're in a relationship? Uh, yeah. Okay. Is this something, you know, when you're dating, do you have to tell people about your history to let them know at all? I try, I try to avoid it, (laughs) to be honest, Mm. but I, sometimes I'll tell them because people are so judgmental, like in relationships wise, like, so like, if I say, if I tell like most girls, I tell, Hey, I was a sex addict. There's either two reactions or there's, well, three. There's either, oh, so you're a freak, like they're excited about it. And, or or they say, um, oh, you're nothing, or you're for everybody, like they try to act like I'm a hoe. Or they like, there's some people that are just like, oh, that's cool, man. That's, I'm, I feel bad that you went through that type of thing. They kind of accept it. It's usually one of those reactions. And I usually get, you're a dog more than anything else. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, this very judgmental world, man. Um, did you lose any friends, you know, after you made your change and you started to grow as a person? Yes, plenty, plenty of friends. Why is that? Just because I started posting a lot of positive stuff on social media and I don't think they wanted to, like they were in the headspace to receive that. Mm, okay. Do you, because I, I feel like that as well. I've noticed that myself. I, I, I'm down, going down the road, spiritual road, affirmations. I post affirmations and everything. And mm-hmm. I have been losing followers. Um, how does that make you, does that bother you at all? That A you, little you bit. Don't it? It, 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 at first, like, okay, so. I, well, at first, when I had, I have like 7,000 followers on Instagram, but like, I'm shadow banned a lot. So like, barely any of my followers see it. And, and then I started losing followers when I started posting a lot of spiritual stuff, like 
I would put in captions like a bunch of information about like things like black history or just things going on in the world or energy or manifestations and like people that I was friends with back in school or grew up with they would like unfollow me and stuff some one person even blocked me and I like was pissed because I was just like why would you block me when all I'm doing is posting positive stuff and they said and they just messaged me it was messaged me like through text and just like that's not something I'm interested in seeing so at that point I just knew like I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing even though it's costing me these friendships quote-unquote friendships what is a shadow ban like so a shadow ban is you say a word like a, a a trigger word or you say some or you show something that instagram doesn't like and they'll they'll still they'll still post it and some people will see it but if you have like three thousand followers maybe only a hundred of those people will see your post and that can wow. happen, that can last for like a week and they notify you if you shadow ban no that that's the worst part they don't notify you So, so how do you do, how do you know? Because like my engagement will be like up, like it would be my pictures and videos, like my views on my videos would be up, and then my pictures likes would be up, and then all of a sudden, like because I said something about COVID or something about like something political, all of a sudden, like I get like a few likes and stuff, and it's just like real. And, and once you figure out like the algorithm of what they don't like for people to show or what they don't like for people to say, then it's like, yeah, they shadow ban because of this. Gotcha. Okay. So you told us your schedule where was, you know, before you hit your lowest, what, what is the schedule like for you today? Now it's, I will watch porn like maybe once or twice a week. And I work, I'm a janitor. Um, I, I'm a I work third shift janitor, and then I um get up, do my affirmations, I meditate. I try to meditate every day. It's so, it's hard sometimes when I'm tired from work, but I'll meditate occasionally. I'll try to do yoga. Um, I watch a lot of informational videos, and then the porn will the porn habits will come in here and there, like where I'll have little spurts of, oh, I need to watch right now. But it's not nothing like where it was, where now I can actually function. Gotcha, okay. Um, and you're also an artist as well, right? Yes. Uh, when did you start making music? Like seriously, I've started making music maybe three, four years ago. And has that helped you if you know um coping as well yes yes like i've uh, a lot of my songs i've been able to keep my mind occupied like once my mind is occupied on something like there's i i won't even need to masturbate or have sex with somebody for like days or sometimes even like i went like two three weeks <laughs> just because i was so focused on something so music's definitely helped Gotcha. Okay. 
All right, man. Well, um, do you have any, you know, through this journey, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you learned? That self-love is the hardest love, but the most important love. Oh, and do you have anything to promote, um, promote-wise? I got a new album out. It came out in November. It's called Planet Emo. Um, it's a, it's a, like an electronic hip-hop album. So for those of you that don't know, like it's like a synth wave, synth pop album. So it's like, I don't know if anybody out there knows who The Weeknd is or if they listen to that type of music. But The Weeknd, the Weeknd has a song called Blinding Lights. And that my whole album, my whole album kind of sounds like that song. Ah, uh, okay. I do get that vibe because I was listening to it and I was like, it sounds familiar, but yeah, I do get kind of the weekend vibes. Okay. And um, where can they find you at on social media? Kyoko versus World. So that's K two I's Y O K O versus World. Versus World spelled regularly. <laughs>